Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special live edition of the Rude Device podcast. I am Rudy, the TikTok guy. And if you are new to my channel, I am a TikTok influencer who's been around for a couple of years. I got divorced after a 16-year marriage. And I give advice. I share a lot of my mistakes and what I've done to improve your life, your dating life, and your marriage life to learn from what I did wrong. So welcome to the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I am live on Facebook. I am live on YouTube and on TikTok. Hello, everybody. And uh, we're going to be talking about divorce. Uh, I had a guest, uh, a Taryn Sinatra. She was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. She is a divorce attorney uh, in the state of Florida. And her episode, I have to be honest, her episode was one of the most uh, engaging episodes I've seen from an audience standpoint. I had so many questions come about regarding divorce. You know, they wanted more information about it because, again, I understand divorce is a very sensitive and, you know, it's a triggering topic. And a lot of men have a certain way of thinking about it, as do women. So I, I reached out to her and I said, you know what? There's so many people that uh, had some constructive criticisms and feedback about your insight. So why don't we do a live? Why don't you come back on YouTube and we'll talk about some of their questions and, you know, we'll get real time advice from everybody. So if you have any questions uh, regarding divorce, we're going to get that to at the very end of the show. And we're also going to touch on a few topics that are coming about. So, again, if you're new to the program, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. And uh, without, and if you want to engage and ask any questions, uh, the questions are only going to be received either via Facebook or YouTube. So, without further ado, let me bring on uh, Taryn. And hello, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> I welcome back, and it's on shut uh, such a short notice. Uh, your episode was what released last Monday. Yeah. And uh, again, just to kind of give you some numbers here, some of your reels on Facebook are approaching half a million views. Uh, the episode is probably my most downloaded episode as far as podcasts go. And there was just a lot of comments. It's probably the most uh, commented reel on, on TikTok or on Facebook I've ever had in such a short amount of time. So again, thank you for being flexible. And thank yeah. you for coming back on the program. It's fun. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you been since we last spoke? Uh, I've been good, busy, lots of mediations, work is crazy, and I'm juggling the kids. Um, if anyone was listening last time, I'm a single mom of two boys, and mm -hmm. I was not supposed to have them tonight, um, but <laughs> and they're upstairs, hopefully going to be on their best behavior. <laughs> Hopefully, too. Yeah. And how old are your kids? Like, are they like teenagers or oh, they're still sufficient, right? 12 and 8. 12 and 8. Okay. They're fine. Yeah. They can make yeah. their own sandwiches and do whatever. But uh, yeah, again, thank you for coming back. And again, um, there's a few specific scenarios that I want to talk to you about. Uh, and we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, since we've last spoken, there has been, I guess, news in the divorce world regarding a certain athlete. Now, I cannot pronounce his name. You, I know you can pronounce it, but it's this gentleman. Oh, yeah. here. I, I am saying Akraf Hakimi. Akraf Hakimi, yes. He is, I believe, a, a soccer player or football star. Yep. I believe, and he's uh, 23. And his wife is an actress. And she, I believe, is 36 years old, and they were married for two years. The story behind that is they were married, right? But when she filed for divorce... It turns out that he put everything under his mother's name, which, which is the older woman he's kissing over there on the far left. So now she is not entitled to anything. It's all under his name. And men are praising that. Even me, I'm like, whoa, like, hey, that's pretty badass. You know, hey, one for the guys, yeah, right? 
<laughs> but as my, you know, my emotions calm down, I'm like, wait a minute, can this actually fly in the U.S.? So who better to ask that question than a divorce attorney with 17 years experience? So can that fly in the U.S.? I'm going to probably piss you off right now and give a <laughs> lawyer answer, which is it depends. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. And I know this is a, a lot of variables that we have to consider. And, you know, I get that. So in general, like, what do you think? And of course, in the U.S., every state has its own laws as it pertains to family law and divorce. Um, so I can only speak as an expert and specialist board certified family law attorney for the state of Florida. But I think across across the country, it's safe to say that that probably would not fly. It would be mm. very difficult for it to fly. Um, one of the things that I read about that scenario with Hakimi, Hakimi am I saying it right? Hakimi, the, the soccer player? Yes. Or the football player is that even his salary from the soccer team was mm -hmm. going to his mother's account and therefore in his mother's name. So even his salary was was being redirected and that wasn't considered his salary. That would never, that would never work here. Um, okay. Okay. Um, it, one of the things that we see a lot of times um, in family cases or divorce cases is someone owning property, usually real estate, and it's held in someone else's name. Um, and if we can prove that it's really held in someone else's name, but for the benefit of somebody else, we tend to call that a constructive trust without getting too legalese. But there's there's terms um, we're, we're we're not blind to this, that people will redirect assets, um, divest themselves of assets um, to make it look like they don't have anything in their name. But mm -hmm. there are ways around that. I don't know what the subpoena powers are in France, but we have very strong subpoena powers in the U.S. So we're able to subpoena your employer. We're going to get your records. We're able to subpoena the banks directly. We're oh, gonna okay. Um, and usually things are very traceable. So mm -hmm. that was really interesting. I know even in the family law world um, here, people were talking about that case and it was just like wild that that actually, he actually got away with it. Yeah. So, and again, just to kind of simplify, you know, what you're saying, cause again, cause my brain trying to get, get all the terms <laughs> down. Right. So in other words, so uh, if somebody did that in the U S so let's say if you were a NBA player, right. And you had everything going to your mom, you know, all the checks from the Washington bullets were going to on the, the, the wizards. Now I'm sorry. I just aged myself. All the checks from the Washington Wizards are going over to his mom. His wife files for divorce. That wouldn't fly because, again, her attorneys could then reach out and find out what he makes annually and still ask for that amount. Am I understanding that correctly? Be issuing subpoenas to his employer, the NBA, whoever it is. We're going to see exactly what his salary, his income is. And that's great if he wants to put it all in his mother's name. But he's mm -hmm. still going to be treated as if that's his income for purposes of support. Uh, yeah. And you know, that's what I thought because it's a good soundbite and it's a good viral video to share and make a comment on. But in the reality of, you know, law and everything happening in states and with all, every state having their own rules and regs, mm -hmm. I was curious if that was going to fly. And I was also curious, let's say, okay, they do that, right? Would that open him up or anybody here in the U.S. to maybe a civil suit? Like, okay, you know, we, you know what you did. Yeah, I was clever here in the divorce court, but is he maybe open to some civil lawsuits from his ex? I don't 
I don't really see a cause of action in the civil world because once it's decided, adjudicated in family court, it's it's open and shut. She is not going to have a cause of action in some separate civil action. That, uh, they're dealing with it in family court, which which is civil court. It's just oh, gotcha. Okay, it's, it's like a subdivision of civil court. Yeah. Um, but hiding the assets—that's something that we do see. Um, like I said, a lot of times it's um, you can hide it in someone else's name, hide it um, in a trust. Um, but yeah. a lot of these things are, are traceable, and um, if it's if we can prove that it's really being held for the benefit of somebody else, then it, it's. So it sounds like more or less it's like a firewall. It's only like a temporary, like a, yes. you're only preventing the inevitable from happening. You're just it's more divorce, people. It's divorce planning 101 for sure. We see it. People will move oh. money. They try to get clever. But um, at least in Florida, we have like a very standard kind of like three-year look back at what has historically been happening oh. with finances. And if we want to, we can ask to go even further back. It just depends on the factual scenario. Um, so it, luckily in the U.S., we have something called discovery. <laughs> okay. and that means we, what does that mean? means we're going to conduct certain discovery. We're going to do certain things, su issuing subpoenas, um, asking the other spouse to provide documentation that if they want to refuse to cooperate, the court's going to intervene and there's going to be consequences. So we're able to discover, right? We're going to gather information and find things out. And there's, there's usually very easily a three to five year look back. Mm -hmm. So when people are divorce planning, you know, just keep in mind what you're doing today and moving forward. That's great, but we're still going to look back and kind of have an idea of what was going on during the marriage. Nice. And I was, I know this is totally not off topic, but I was a loan officer and you said three year look back. That's kind of like looking back two years in your credit history. So yeah. And people yeah. freak out about even two years. I got to get you two years of what? And in divorce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, everybody on TikTok. Yes, I am live on YouTube. If you want to hear the whole conversation with uh, Chairman Sinatra, a divorce attorney, please go to YouTube or Facebook. All the questions, if you have any, will be uh, directed there and we'll get to the questions at the very end of the conversation we just have a lot of topics to cover so again if you're live on tiktok go to youtube and subscribe and i see a lot of people joining so thank you for that um well let, again let's kind of go back to that divorce because again we've all heard that that horror story because this guy was i mean she was she was successful in her own world she was an actress she's just not like a a waitress or a college student she's sure. developed a career and she's got money and she's got mm -hmm. her own her own persona so they were married only two years. I'll look this up before we went live. And it, it, it just, it's it, explain to me how, if somebody's only married to, let's say a woman marries a guy and he's wealthy, like this particular scenario where they're, they both have wealth and their own income. How is somebody entitled to 50% of somebody else's funds if they're only married for a short term? I can't get my 401k unless I vested three years in it. Okay. Yeah. So why is that? <laughs> why is that allowed in court in marriage? <laughs> Typically, and I think this is pretty much, you know, across, across the board, things are going to be considered marital property during the life of the marriage. The so life. even in a two year marriage, as short as that may be, there might be some marital assets that were acquired in that time period. So okay. it, it could be that, he came into property, whatever wealth assets during those very short two years that she, you know, she may have very well been entitled to half of it. 
I, I'm assuming there was no prenup in that case, which probably would have been probably. a smarter way. But um, yeah, even in a short-term marriage, there are there are sometimes things that need to be split up. Um, and even in a two-year marriage, and I know a lot of people are going to go lose their minds over this. Mm -hmm. um, there may be support, alimony. It's not going to be for a long period. It's going to be like for you know months. It's not going to be a long term of alimony, but it's still possible. Mm -hmm. Oh, that uh, that. That actually brings up a question in my head that, and again, I've only been divorced once, so I've only been through this one time, so I don't plan on doing it again, but alimony, I know how child support more or less is arranged. It could be 18 years or possibly more depending on the circumstances, but for alimony, what is the length of that normally? I know it can vary per case, but- And well, it varies per state, um, based okay, on per state. statutes written in each state, um, but- the general rule is the longer you're married, the longer you're potentially paying alimony. And, okay. you know, alimony is not um, it's not a guarantee. There's different factors to consider, again, depending on your state. Um, I know in Florida, <clears throat> we don't have a formula. It's very discretionary. And one of the things I tell my clients is you can ask five different judges what the amount right should be for alimony and you may very well get five different five different answers maybe within a certain you know close range but mm -hmm. not it's it's not exact so you know a lot of what happens in family court is discretionary to the judges <clears throat> mm -hmm. okay okay um you mentioned prenup just a second ago and uh, i guess that takes us to the next topic here um Prenups, like uh, there's one video that, uh, again, that went viral uh, from our conversation last time where you brought up the no-fault state um, scenario. And again, for those who are new and haven't heard that, can you explain to them what no-fault state means? Yeah, and I did a little research before the show because I wanted to have a little bit more insight into, you know, what other states are no-fault. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's still like, I think it's like 17 states right now are truly no-fault states including Florida. What that means is no one has to prove anything as far as the reason for the divorce. Mm -hmm. All we're really having to say is there's irreconcilable differences or the marriage is irretrievably broken. No one can fix it. Um, and no one has to prove that you're a bad wife or you're a bad husband or you did X, Y, and Z, and this is why I want a divorce. Um, and that also usually means that if there is, and we talked about this in the last show, that if there is bad behavior, right, like mm -hmm. domestic abuse, adultery, um, whatever else you want to list under that category, right. if there's fault by one spouse, it's not going to, no, no one's punishing them in family court. They're not going to get you know, less of the marital estate. They're not going to get less of anything because of the bad behavior. That's really what the whole concept is of no fault. It's right to really state a specific reason for the divorce and no one's getting punished for bad behavior in the, in the settlement or what the court's awarding. Gotcha. And you know what? Um, I was a police officer one time in my early years, right? You were? I, I was uh, for three years and I got out of it. And I was like, this is not for me. This is before uh, smartphones. So I'm glad I got out of that. So it's and again, I, I guess it's I like to uh, when I hear a situation that I'm trying to wrap my head around and explain to others, I'd like to put it in another circumstance. It's kind of like assault. It's like if you hit them, that's all that mattered. I don't care what he said to you, what he said about your mama or what yeah. he whatever he did. It doesn't matter. You're the one who threw the punch. So now you're the one going to jail yeah. and you can be 
it right? is what it is. It's, it's, it's black and white. It's so, and I was just telling, I'm speaking to one of my own clients today, explaining, or it was a potential client. If she wants to get a divorce, the divorce is going to happen. The husband doesn't have to agree to it. He doesn't have to grant her a divorce. It's just going to be a question of, is he going to participate or is he not going to participate? But either way, she's getting a divorce. Um, right. And in these 17 states that are considered truly no fault, you're just basically having to state, I don't want to be married. It's broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think then goes back to one of the issues we talked about is, you know, why are divorce rates so high or, you know, what is the cause of divorce? And it's just mm -hmm. like, it's a lack of commitment. It's a, it's the ease of being able to just, you know, get what you want and pretty, pretty instantaneous. Well, divorces, there's nothing instant about divorce, but no, no. If you want it, you can get it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has their own reasons for that. And, um, and, and again, having gone through it myself and, you know, you've been through one yourself, it, it, it's um, for those who haven't been married and, and haven't gone through the divorce, it's it, it it is a way out, but it's not easy emotionally. I remember it was one of the worst emotional periods of my life and you got to talk to the kids and you're going to lose a lot of friends. So it, in some cases, I guess it can be an easy way out. But for the most part, if you've built a life, yeah, it's more or less like a death. And I think even even in the divorces that are amicable or, you know, uncontested, right, there's no heavy litigation or maybe there's no litigation at all. It's pretty it's pretty amicable. It's friendly. Um, even those are, are hard emotionally. Mm -hmm. um, it is like a death. It's, it's a complete um, grieving process. Yeah. And then there's kids involved. It's just it's that much worse. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible event. Um, and I, I know you did some uh, some research on one particular topic, but I want to rewind a little bit prenups uh, in a, all the videos that I posted in clips of you and I even on YouTube, everyone was saying, get a prenup, don't get married, get a prenup. And I'm like, if you're a million dollar a year soccer player or somebody with wealth in a business and established life, I get what a prenup will do and what it's for. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people get married at between the ages of 22 and 26. Mm -hmm. They're fresh out of college. They own jack shit. Maybe their truck, their PlayStation, and <laughs> maybe some bonds or grandma got them when they were five. You know, they don't own anything, right? Um, and that's the majority. I know there's an exception of a few who do well, and that's not what I'm talking about. So what good is a prenup for a young couple getting married at 25? It's still really good. And here's oh, right. why. So mm -hmm. if... In, in a situation like you just explained, right, if they have nothing at the time of their going into the marriage, but a prenup can still set forth the terms of what happens if somebody comes into wealth, right? Like later down the road. Oh, okay. The whole point of a prenup is, is, is not, well, it's, it's, I guess it's twofold. It's not just to um, address what the parties are coming into the marriage with on that very day, but it also is meant to address the whole what if scenario, right? Because they might be married for five years, for 15, for 30, for however long. And a prenup can and, and really should be addressing what are we going to do in the event of a divorce? However many years down the road it is, what if the husband, you know, he's in, in, in college at the time and then he's in, you know, in medical school and he becomes right. a very successful doctor or what if he, you know, gets picked up by the NBA, whatever it is, all of these what if scenarios, a prenup is meant to protect not just what's happening the day of, but the, the possibilities. That Oh, wow. And I learned something tonight. So I did not know that. But 
I guess I can kind of be uh, extensive because, you know, I'm thinking about the the the, the prenup, but like all these ad- additions and addendums over the years, like in case I win the lottery, in case something happens. Yeah, so uh, it's, we, we put in like, um, I don't want to call it a catch-all, but like, you know, you can put into a prenup that in, you know, any any future income, any future assets that is going to be just in the husband's name or just in the wife's name. And that way, you know, okay, well, this is what the term of the prenup says. If I want to buy a property, I really need to think about, you know, do I want to add my spouse to this to this deed? Do I want to add her to the title? Because I got to remember now, what are the terms of this prenup that is going to make a difference if we end up getting a divorce? So it's not that you're continuing to amend your prenup. You can do that too. Mm-hmm. But a good prenup um, is meant to capture continue, everything, capture all of that including acts of God. I'm thinking like insurance now. <laughs> well, good to know. So uh, a prenup can, uh, and I think we touched on this last, uh, uh, our last conversation, but a prenup can actually maybe include, you know, adultery maybe? Like if you, if yeah. one person, okay, so can you elaborate on that? Um, what we were talking about last time is, you know, like all these crazy scenarios that you could yeah. put into a prenup. And I, I made a joke, like, you know, will put in something like the husband's not allowed to gain a certain amount of weight. And if yeah. he does, then the wife gets, you know, all this money. Okay. that's like a very extreme, crazy scenario. You, you can pretty much agree to anything, right? If the parties want to agree, mm-hmm. go ahead and sign it. You can agree to anything. The, the question becomes what's going to be enforceable later down the road. If there is a divorce and then there's this, well, okay, I don't want to abide by that term because that's a bullshit provision we put in there. You know, or I was just joking. Okay, then you're going to oh. take the judge and the judge has to decide, is this enforceable? Is this a valid provision? Um, so there's things that just, you know, might be in a prenup that we see that it's just against public policy, right? There are just certain things that are just out, outlandish and that are not going to be um, upheld. But we do see things like, you know, adultery, if there's cheating, if there's, um, depending on who files first, um, you can really, you can almost agree to anything. It's just it, depending on your state and public policy there. And then how do you contest or try to fight a prenup? And I will say, cause I feel like this is going to be the next question. And probably a lot of people are asking yeah. are prenups really, are they, are they solid? You know, can you fight them? Are they, are they ironclad? I think that's where, you really want to make sure that you have somebody that is experienced in family and um, it's not their first rodeo drafting a prenup. I've seen some really bad prenups. Um, there are certain things that certain provisions and, and very um, specific language in terms of art that you want to be in a prenup for a reason, because if it doesn't have that language, that it is easier to pierce through that if the time comes. So okay. Yeah, there you can fight them, but I don't. I think for the most part, it's safe to say if they're done correctly, um, they're they're very tough to set aside or to to have um, vacated by the court. Gotcha. And because I know a lot of people are asking this as well, and I know it may vary per state, right? But if you wanted to get a prenup and you wanted it written and you know by an experienced attorney like you, seventeen years, right? What is the co- average cost of getting a prenup made for a young couple? <laughs> <laughs> what was the giggle for? <laughs> it, 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 I don't know that there is an, it, it just, I know it's a tough question. I know. It really varies um, depending on who you're seeing. If you go to somebody that is board certified, 
Um, they're they're a fellow of the Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers and country. You know, there's so many different. You or call Saul. Not, I can call Saul. You'll I mean, take care yeah, of me. Or you can call Saul. Saul <laughs> will charge you five thousand flat for a prenup. You know, look <laughs> at that one. Yeah. Other lawyers are still. You know, they're charging. I would say ten thousand and up. Um, and they're charging you their hourly rate, you know, depending on how much time it's going to take. But I've had I've had clients that they've just th there's this misconception that a prenup um, should be, you know, even in a simple situation like, oh, we just have a house. You know, we just need like a two page prenup and, you know, we'll sign it over coffee at Starbucks together. No, mm -hmm. that's not going to I'm not taking that prenup case. Saul mm -hmm. might take it, you know, down. <laughs> that's not a case I'm taking because. There's so much liability for lawyers when we're drafting, you know, prenuptial agreements like that. And there really is um, like best practices to follow. So gotcha. we, there's a premium to pay if you want it done the right way. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great answer. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning. You know, we need to do this like once a month or something like that. You know, this is awesome. But uh, again, everybody on TikTok, please go over to YouTube if you have any questions or want to engage in the conversation. And um, I guess that brings us up. Uh, you want to answer one question from the chat real quick? Oh, God. As long as they're nice to me. Okay. Okay. Well, this one's nice. It's from uh, Raphael. Okay. Uh, he says, and, and again, uh, he says, uh, Jimenez, hello. Uh, why do courts tend to give fathers bare minimum visits to the children? And before you answer, uh, for those who are here, I'm just like you where I get a lot of information from, from uh, you know, maybe social media. And those tend to be viral videos. And those are always one side of the conversation. So whenever I see that, I, I try not to allow that to take over my mindset like hey wow we're all getting screwed but if you go talk to an attorney or talk to somebody in that space you'll find out that may not be the truth so mm -hmm. again what is your answer to his question okay. i have probably a very long-winded answer to this question because this is like um a very near and dear topic to my heart i don't really know why um i just okay. really love working with dads and for dads i love you know what pisses me off is when a dad really wants to just be a good dad and be involved and maybe they're going through a paternity matter, right? They're not married, but they have a child with somebody or maybe it's a divorce. They just want to show up and be a good dad. And then you've got the moms that are like trying to stonewall the father or eliminate them altogether yeah, and yeah. you know, interfere. That really gets me triggered. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that for dads because there are those dads that, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with, with anything, right. They don't want to show up. They don't want to be, be a father, pay, pay support, whatever it is. Um, but the ones that are trying to show up and then you've got the moms kind of trying to stop it. It, it really frustrates me. So I, I, I don't know that, that this is really true that courts are tending to give fathers the bare minimum. It's very case by case um, based, obviously. Um, again, the courts, the judges have so much discretion when it comes to this issue. Really, the, the big umbrella that I think, you know, we're all kind of under is what's best for the children or the child. Right. And every family is different. Every family dynamic is different. There's so many different factors to consider. Um, you know, is there drug, alcohol, mental health issues? What's the geographic um, distance between the parents? Um, you know, scheduling. Um, there's so many different things. But I think... I think um, what's important for everyone to know is that, you know, across the country, more and more states are leaning towards 
this concept of like joint custody or 50-50. And when I use the word timeshare, I'm also speaking about custody. In Florida, we don't really use the word custody anymore. We call it timeshare. Okay. Um, and actually in Florida, there's a, a new law that they're trying to pass. If it passes, it'll be effective July 1st. And it's going to be that the default for custody or timeshare is 50-50. That's now, great. That's and great. I think I'm, when I, from what I'm, what I'm reading, more and more states are kind of leaning towards that. Um, that doesn't mean that there's, you know, it's, it's not black and white, right? Even if the default is 50-50 for mom and dad, then there's still going to be a way to try to prove your case. Why shouldn't it be 50-50, right? Mm -hmm. Courts are not just handing over children to um, heroin addicts. You know, that's, that's not going to be a 50-50 situation. But um, I think it's just a case-by-case -case basis. And I, I want to say to Raphael that I've seen in my own personal cases um, fathers that really are getting the shitty end of the stick and they have to like really fight that uphill battle. Every situation is different, um, but there's hope for them. And that's why they come to me. And that's why I love to, to work with those dads because I really believe in it. Um, there's also cases personally that I've handled where dads are very much getting 50-50 timeshare. You know, I think we're, we're coming more away from this concept of like dads are just like the Disney dads, right? Where they have like every other weekend. Right. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. we're really coming more away from that. So I don't know. There's a lot on social media, you know, um, but we're, we're, got, we're getting there. Well, that's good to hear. And again, I hope that passes and uh, I hope other states file, you know, follow suit and, and follow that lead because um, I think it's a generational thing, you know, when I was growing up, my dad was very distant. And, you know, when I had my kids, you know, I'm, I'm a very involved dad. And when I was going to get divorced, my attorney handed me the decree and it was like a template. Right. And I saw the custody visitation rights and it's yeah. so confusing to read. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not picking up my son every other Thursday at 4:30 PM. Like bullshit. No, we're writing our own. I'm one 50, 50. And the ex-wife yeah. said, yes. And we went ahead and wrote our old sub clause. And, mm -hmm. uh, it's unfortunate, like you said, because one thing I hate and triggers me, I'm very protective with old people and especially kids. And when I see these videos with mothers, you know, vilifying um, the dad to the kid, telling the kid, like, your dad's a piece oh, of yeah. shit, whatever, whatever, that angers me because, again, uh, mm -hmm. it's unfair to the child to be manipulated that like yeah. that. And um, to, to know that states are now mm -hmm. going that route, that, that makes me happy inside. That yeah. really does. The problem, the problem is that you can't, we can't stop somebody from spewing lies in a, in a court pleading or a document, a legal document, right? You can't stop somebody from making what might be false allegations, right? So if mom's saying negative, horrible things about, you know, mom, we can't stop her. But that just means we have to fight the fight and prove that dad is a great dad. He's a great guy. He's 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 stable. He's healthy. He's going to be best for the child um, or the, in the child's best interest to be with dad. Um, you know, I think practitioners, lawyers, we're all a little bit conflicted, I think, about should it be a default to 50-50? Um, because we all just want to see that what's best for the children is what's really happening, right? We don't necessarily like this. There should be a default of anything when it comes to kids. It should be, we're looking at the family dynamic and all these different factors. <clears throat> but um, there definitely is, especially when it comes to unmarried fathers, there's, it, it, 
it's it's a little bit troubling. They're they're definitely behind the eight ball in that scenario. And I, I'm dealing with those cases myself right now with father un, unwed fathers that have to now basically prove that they're dad and you know prove that they have a place in the child's life. So again, to, to reiterate your point, it's the fathers who are not married that are yeah. having a difficult time getting, uh, is it getting visitation rights or just getting any like percentage of custody or timeshare? Okay. And, and yeah, let me, let me kind of clarify. So where the hardest part about an unwed father situation is the very beginning, because like, here's a scenario. Let's say that there's an unwed couple, they share a child together and they're great. They're in love. They're all living together as a family, right? So dad mm -hmm. thinks nothing of it. They're not married and they're okay with not being married. And he just assumes the kid's got my last name. I'm on his birth certificate. You know, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. When that relationship breaks apart and mom decides I'm taking the child and we're going to go move across the state. Bye. Right. Now, dad is screwed. Those are situations where really there is someone being screwed in that situation. And it is the father because now he has to file a petition to establish his rights as a father. Um, he, Because he was unwed, the mom is seen as the only natural biological parent to that child. So mm -hmm. it's like an uphill battle. Once he finally gets in front of the court, it, it you know, as long as he's a normal, healthy human being and there's no issues, it should right. be 50-50. Um, but it's kind of like getting to that point. I have a situation right now where the it was, it's just that scenario. They don't live together anymore. They used to. Dad was in the kid's life every day. Mom decides relationship's over and you're not mm -hmm. going to see the kid. So now we have to wait for our day in court for the judge to stamp that document that says, I'm allowing this father to have normal access to his child. And it's, you know what? It, it, the fact that it has to go that far yeah. is sad. Yeah. I mean, I don't see how some people, uh, some others, and again, not all mothers, but some that do this. I don't know. It, it's probably the worst thing you can do to a father is keep a father away from his child. Yeah. And to the child, right? And, and to the child, that's, yeah. That's one of the... Um, basic kind of um, concepts that we have in our statute in Florida is that, you know, children have a right to, to have both parents, um, you know, and both parents should have that open and, you know, that, that access to, to the child there. Mm -hmm. We don't see it as like mom is better because she's the woman or mom is better right. because she's the one who gave birth. We don't, it's not like that in Florida. And I don't think that it's like that in anywhere in the States. And that's a stigma. I think a lot of guys think that, you know, yeah. just because it's the mom, she gets the majority of the custody. So that is a very antiquated way of thinking. Again, there might be dads that are not getting their full share, but you have to look at the factual scenario. Um, did they, did they fight the fight? If they just kind of sat back and, you know, every, every situation is different. So yeah, it's a very antiquated way of thinking like, well, she gave birth. She's the woman. So she's going to get more. She's going to get more rights. It's just it's just not like that. Yeah. And, and that takes me to my next question. Actually, there's a comment here that kind of like segues to that question on this topic here. Uh, Danny says, yes, uh, that's what I, I'm assuming she his ex-wife is saying now exactly what happened to me. Only she had false uh, uh, DV allegations and took full custody. Now I haven't seen them since last September. And I, I hear these stories all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But to, to but to his point, um, when 
when a uh, a mother is lying or creating a false, you know, representation of the dad and saying all these things, and how does one prove that to the judge? Like, hey, she's actually lied. I am not mm-hmm. an abuser. I've never touched her. How does one fight, you know, false allegations? It's it's hard to like prove that something didn't happen, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's hard. Oh God, something did happen. But that's where, you know, I would 1000% say you need to get an attorney. And again, there's costs involved. So it's not easy for everyone to have equal access to lawyers. But that is a situation where I would 1000% say you need a lawyer to go to bat for you because you're entitled to have your day in court to defend the allegations. And if I were the attorney representing um, dad in that case, I would be taking mom's deposition ahead of time, maybe, you know, getting her under oath. I want to hear all the facts. I want to know, did you file a police report? You know, I would be investigating the police reports, talking to the officers. Um, did you take pictures of the the injuries? Are there pictures of damaged property? You know, there, it's hard to prove that something didn't happen, but it's not impossible. And really what you're trying to do is kind of throw throw um, the burden back on that other person to show, show me the evidence. If, if I did all these things, show it to me, um, show it to the court. Um, yeah. And I think the, a really important part of that is having your day in court so that you can present yourself to the court and, and testify. Um, the court needs to hear from you about why, why are you saying this didn't happen? And mm-hmm. a lot of it comes down to credibility of the witnesses too, right? If the judge is going to like be looking at you and hearing from you, the court's going to consider how does this person come off, you know, in terms of their credibility? Um, people how lie. How do they present themselves? Like how do they find you talking to yeah. the argument? Yeah, I, that makes sense. Why? Um, but there's so many different, and I can go on a whole tailspin about like things <laughs> that you can do to, you know, get other experts involved. You know, part of, a big part of what I'm doing in my in my family cases where there's kids issues is we're getting therapists involved. We're getting guardian ad litems involved. Maybe there's a social investigation, you know, investigations so that there's some neutral third party on the outside digging into what's really going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So um, again, I've, I'm very blessed to have never been part of a situation like that. I've known many guys who've gone through that, but and it's unfortunate that just a, a, an accusation yeah. could be so costly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a friend who was going through a divorce and his wife just told him, look, I'm making, I'm making your life hell. You know, I didn't want this and I'm going to make your life hell. And she, every time there was a decree visit or um, mm-hmm. a mediation, you know, they agreed to terms and she would change terms at the last minute. And that would cost mm-hmm. extra hours, you know, for attorney fees. And the same thing with the visitation rights. There was still so much going on. He ended up spending like 50 grand. And I know that's like mm-hmm. not a lot, maybe in the, the scheme of things, the big, big, the big picture, but all relative. I mean, I know that that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it, it's, and the courts don't, you know, if, if it comes out that a parent, whether it's mom or dad, is playing games with, you know, false allegations, um, false reporting, manipulation of the child, the judges don't like that, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I think, one of the worst things that someone can do when they are potentially going to be in court, because if the court gets wind of that, they're not going to like that. And there there can be and there should be repercussions for a parent that's, you know, playing those kinds of games. Um, yeah. Are, are there criminal charges that they can maybe uh, be charged on that person if they falsely I mean, accuse somebody? 
well, false reporting, at least in the state of Florida, is actually a crime. Um, so is perjury, right? But in order for the state to actually formally charge somebody with criminal charges, it's difficult, right? They're they're buying mm-hmm. bigger fish. Um, and that's something I hear too. I get a lot of complaints about what, well, you know, they're lying. Like how how can they just keep doing that? You know, aren't there criminal like charges that people ask me that all the time, you know, oh, I want to get them on perjury. You know, they should be going to jail. Yeah. It, that's just not reality. We're in civil court. Family court is civil court. And for someone to get picked up on criminal charges for lying, if that happens, just let me know. I, I'd love to know if anyone awesome. there has that. Just call me because I'd love to know. Oh, my God. Well, good. Well, good to know. <laughs> um, I guess like, we can go to the next topic here, which is the one you, you prepare for, uh, prepared for. And uh, just to kind of give everybody some background, uh, one of the uh, videos that went viral, especially on Facebook, that's at a half a million views, was a video where I, we talked about the no-fault state where, where, you know, you know whatever your behavior was, that doesn't matter. And uh, I gave a scenario where, like, a guy comes home from work and he finds his wife sleeping with his brother or whatever. You know, he's still – that doesn't matter. The act is irrelevant. It's still going to fall in line with whoever owns anything. It's probably going to go down 50-50. And uh, the presumption – with a lot of guys, and again, I don't blame them because that's probably what they see on social media, and is like all guys get screwed no matter what, and they always get the worst end of the stick. And again, you've been an attorney for 17 years. I'm pretty sure you've seen hundreds of cases, thousands of maybe. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that? And I know you have some some de- data on that. So, <laughs> I just I have a problem with this. Like overall, you know, more men are getting screwed over. Um, men are always getting like the, the shitty end of the the bargain or the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason I have a problem with it is because I'm actually in the trenches, right? Like you said, I'm, I'm seeing all different types of cases and I have a mishmash of clients. I have from every walk of life, middle-class, upper echelon, you know, um, whether it's complicated on the kids issues, complicated on the financial issues. Mm -hmm. And I see, um, I see different results, whether it's they're, they're doing it by way of agreement or they're taking it all the way to the judge. Right. And then the judge is, is making the decision for them. I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the concern by the men that are feeling like I got screwed. Right. It's like, how much information did you have going into the marriage? How much research did you have or did you conduct before getting married and, and you know, having this legal union? Um, I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think that there's a lot of uneducated people out there that are taking the plunge to get married. And maybe they're just thinking with their hearts like we all do, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you know, it's the romance <laughs> the love and the relationship and we're all guilty of it. But if you're going to go into something like a legal contract, that's what marriage is, you should, and you're really, you know, you got to think about, well, what happens if we get divorced? Should I pay for everything in the marriage? Should I put her on the deed? You know, what what's going to happen to my 401k? What if I have a retirement and she doesn't? I think a lot of the people that are, that are complaining about, you know, the outcome, they're not, they're not educated. They don't have the knowledge about what the reality is because the reality is, when you're getting divorced, it's not as simple as what maybe, you know, 
some people think it should be like, well, I'll take what's mine and she'll take what's hers. That's not marriage. That's mm-hmm. not marriage. Um, and the laws specifically cite that conceit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> they agree. It's, I can, you know, what it. <laughs> getting flustered because this topic there's this whole red pill movement that we talked about before oh yeah those guys yeah Mm -hmm. so there's this whole thing about now you know anti-feminism and you know the toxic masculinity thing and um you know men are getting screwed and men are you know writing off women or writing off marriage that's fine you don't have to get married no one's forcing you to get married um but i did a little bit of um talking with some people, right, men, about, like, why they felt, um, Mm -hmm. why they felt like they were screwed. And a lot of it does come down to, like, you know, um, maybe the the man was making enough to support the family unit. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the woman didn't work, right? The wife didn't work. Okay. Some people are going to feel like, well, shit, I just worked my – ass off in this marriage and was killing myself and, or that was my degree. You know, I went to school, I paid my student loans, you know, it was my career, you know, I was making the money and you were, you weren't working. Okay. That's one, that's one way that a Mm -hmm. guy might feel like I'm getting screwed here. Like, why should I have to pay? Um, I have rebuttals for all of these, of course. Um, <laughs> Go right ahead. <laughs> and then there's the scenario that maybe the wife did work as well. Maybe maybe the husband felt like he made enough to just pay all the bills and didn't really ask the wife to contribute, right? There, You need to kind of understand going into this marriage, like, what are we going to do with the marital pot? Is there going to be a marital pot, right? So let's just say you have a husband that's been paying everything throughout the marriage and never asked for, you know, contribution from the wife as far as her income and just let her kind of do her own thing. That's her money, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of it all, when there's a divorce, now you're giving her half of everything and you're like, well, shit, but why should I give her half of everything? I paid for everything in the marriage, but no one told you to do that. You, you, the court sees certain things as like, you know, you're, what happens in a marriage is like you're that's a decision that you're making. Right. Um, so there's that. Um, I don't know if I'm even answering this question about why guys are feeling this way, but I also think that as a whole, men are still the higher income earners. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's probably in a sense fair for them to think like, well, you know, that's my retirement. I worked really hard for that. Look, when I got divorced, um, my, my ex-husband, he's a firefighter, as we talked about in the last show. And so he had a pension. We were young. I didn't have a retirement. He had, he had a pension from the fire department. When we split up, I could have said, I want half of your pension when you retire, right? For the seven years we were married, I'm entitled to it legally, but I chose not to. I chose Mm -hmm. to walk away from it because I felt like I have earning capacity. I can get my own retirement. And that was his hard earned money and his career that I didn't need to touch. There are women that maybe they don't have that option. And if they feel like they're entitled to it, they want to take it. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know why it is that men are feeling like they're getting more screwed, but I found, I did find something. Um, I I gotta, I'm going to have to like really cite this. So I get this right. But there was a study or there was a, there was an article that, um, says that 
men are actually doing better financially after the divorce than women, right? So like the recovery for men financially is better. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they're feeling like they're getting screwed in terms of I have to give, I have to give, right? But then they're kind of like picking up the pieces financially um, more so than women after the divorce. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great answer. It's great perspective. And, uh, and I hope it gives guys like an idea on like really, and, and to your point, I think people do rush into unions way too fast. And I know deep down they think they're supposed to have that conversation, but they don't want to bring it up because they don't want to make her mad or yeah. make me stir the pot. So I, I that, we just we just finished talking about the effectiveness of prenuptial agreements. Yeah. So, you know, if someone is concerned about what the end result of a divorce is going to be, then they maybe should consider a prenup, even if they're coming into the marriage with nothing. Maybe they will be coming into something during the marriage. A prenup mm -hmm. can protect that. Um, and I want to point out to you that and I don't I don't have stats on this, but I see it. There are women that are coming into marriages with their own career, their own income, their own retirement, or whatever the case may be. Um, and what we do when we're looking at, um, like, let's say you're married for seven years, right? And yeah. both parties have, um, you know, they have they have real estate together. They have they have income that you know comparable income. Let's say they both have retirement accounts. What we're doing as practitioners is we're we're taking all of the assets that were acquired in that seven year marriage and we're throwing it into one pot. And then we're basically saying, OK, well, husband's going to keep this and wife's going to keep that. And, to, and we go down the list. Right. Who's keeping what? And at the end of it, they should be left with equal amounts. It's a balance. So somebody might have to make a swing payment to equalize it out. It's it's just math. So. You know, guys that are feeling like they're getting screwed, then get a prenup. Mm -hmm. Get a prenup, or 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 make sure that you're marrying someone that's coming into the marriage with with as much as you are, or that they have the the same earning power that you do. Um, or just really consider, you know, um, how you're both going to contribute during the marriage. Right, and that makes perfect sense. And again, prenup, guys, prenup. And again, just to kind of spell out the rules and how things are going to land and. And, and you know what, to your point, like a uh, seven-year marriage, we, we talked about that scenario, but there's plenty of women and men that I get both, I get both of them coming my way. And for like, say 20 year, like the guy, I'm in the military, right? I'm going to go and become an officer, right? He's going to go do his thing and he's going to have a stay-at-home wife. Mm -hmm. and, and this is actually a true story from one of my followers on TikTok. She, they had four children, one of them special needs. So we're talking weekly doctor's appointments. Uh, he's off on the deployments or doing his thing and now he's i believe he's like in uh oh two oh four like a lieutenant colonel he's like up there he's doing really well for himself and uh now they're getting divorced and um she's entitled to half of his retirement yeah and from my standpoint again 20 years in whatever that retirement amount is that makes sense to me because if i, I was able as a husband and father to just leave for six months at a time go overseas it's and not have to worry. It's because you had a wife at home. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. She was able to take care of everything, the doctor's appointments, you know, taking them to school, mm -hmm. parent-teacher conferences. I didn't have to worry about anything. She raised our boys, kids, whatever. And, you know, I didn't have to worry about that. She was a good mother. So if it ended and I have to give her half of my retirement, to me, that makes sense. I don't see mm -hmm. where the disconnect is at. Yeah. I just want to say, so I this article, it was from amp.theguardian.com. 
And it was it was an article that came out of the UK. It was like a whole study, but it it, it basically speaks to the fact that in reality, women are offer, are often suffering economic hardships when they divorce. And the separating husbands are rising immediately and in continuing years after. So that's just one example. Wow. <laughs> God. Uh, we got a comment here from Natalie. She says, I think uh, it's all situational. Honestly, some men do get screwed. Uh, but when some men are are actually not good, okay, there are, are equally evil yeah. women as they are men. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It, it happens. I see it all. And there are there are some really nasty women out there that they they lie, um, um, they're greedy. I can't even make this up. The uh, okay, so I was in a mediation last week, and it was probably I don't know seven hour mediation. And I mean, we're going through, and they had no kids. It was all money issues, and they had like a portfolio, investments, retirement, a house. Um, there was like a pretty large savings account, right? So. We're, we're getting through all these big issues. And at the end, she wants him to pay monthly for the dogs to eat. She wants like, she wants money to support the dogs. She's, she's walking out of this marriage with like a million dollars, basically in assets. Yeah. And she wants him to pay for the dog food. Okay. So that's a situation where I about like blew my lid because it's, that's it's a little petty. like it's, it's petty, petty. It's <laughs> like it's just it's nonsense. So there are there are women, there are plenty of women that that have that side to them, and there there are men that have you know everyone. I see it on both sides, right? And I do see um, things that happen on a, on a in a fair way, right? Whether it's settlement and everyone's kind of like, okay, I can live with this. Listen, no one's walking out of a divorce mediation skipping on a rainbow. They're just not, right? Mm -hmm. If you're settling in mediation or you're settling your your case amongst yourselves, you're you're both giving a little bit. You have to compromise. Otherwise, you're not going to settle it. Um, and if you're going to the judge, then you're just waiting for the judge to tell you how it's going to be. And I see it happen where it's it's just fair. It's just that's the way it should be because that's what the law says. Mm -hmm. um, but I also see that people do tend to, you know, they it, they get screwed. Right. I just hate that term because it's so like vague and just like mm -hmm. um, general, but I personally feel like where I see more of that is with the children's issues and with custody timeshare issues. Um, I think there's a lot of things that happen that are not necessarily fair um, and it's not a perfect system, but financially people just have to be smarter. I think when they're going into it um, and sometimes, sometimes there's just not enough money to go around. Those are the really hard cases. Like when, you know, everyone's just kind of like, you know, I, I make $50,000 and she makes $75,000 and we got to have like two homes and we have the kids and, you know, someone's asking for alimony or support. It's like, this isn't a lot of money and everyone's mm -hmm. counting every nickel. No one's going to feel like it's fair in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, it's, it's not, I had to pay uh, 600 a month for three years for my kid's tuition. And I'm like, okay, that's a lot for me, but I'll work some jobs and I'll get through it. And yeah. I did, I got, I got over it, but it wasn't, I never felt screwed because yeah. again, like, like you said, uh, we were very civil, but we broke it down, down the middle. Uh, I kept the house, but I bought her out with equity. I had to pay her, mm -hmm. her worth. Right. So mm -hmm. it was very clean. And again, when I hear people say they got screwed, I get that. That's your point. I get that. But 
in my experience, that's not what happened. Like I said, I was just very vested and I asked a lot of questions and I talked to my attorney every day and yeah. uh, I was just very involved and I wanted to protect myself financially and give and help for the kids, but not to a point where I couldn't live or have a, a home, you know, right. for that. Yeah. And I think as a, as a lawyer, when I hear like this, you know, guys are getting screwed concept. It's hard for me to, to agree that anyone's getting screwed if they're basically getting what the law says they should be getting or that the other person should be getting. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where I feel like, you know, there's maybe misinformation or, um, oh, there's plenty not, of that. Yeah. Not, not enough education yeah. um, because if someone's going to feel like they got screwed because they had to give their spouse half of their retirement, you know, and the law is very clear, like during that period of marriage, there was an accumulation of this retirement account. Why, why wouldn't it be split half mm -hmm. unless you have a prenup that says otherwise? Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah. That's a great point. I definitely learned a lot. And so, guys, you hear that? Prenup, covering everything, acts of God, everything. You want to get that taken care of. And I don't care if she gets mad or not, take care of that. <laughs> and again, uh, to with the women as well, um, I know we're kind of, I'm going to go a little off topic here, but marriage, I feel, is a beautiful thing. And I'm sorry that you guys have nothing but horrible examples to see on social media. And, you know, we've made it a game show on television. It's really not held in a, you know, in its own respect. But marriage is a uh, is not what you see on social media. It's very hard. And everybody wants that wedding, but no one ever thinks about the actual life after the wedding. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not easy. So don't rush into these types of situations and don't, you know, don't walk in with the rose tinted lenses because you want to be smart about this. Like uh, Taryn said, you know, plan ahead. You know, hey, honey, I love you. We're going to live happily ever after forever mm -hmm. and ever. Nothing's ever going to happen. But let's do this prenup. Let's talk it out yeah. and just protect ourselves. Yeah. In the event, or, or at least have happens. a real conversation about how you're gonna handle, you know, the the monthly bills or what kind of accounts you're gonna set up, you know, for you know what's gonna be mine or what's gonna be yours. But that's see, that's again like that's a slippery slope <laughs> because even if you have a conversation, right, you can have a handshake with your your soon-to-be spouse and say, All right, you're gonna have your account and I'm gonna have my account, and this is how we're gonna do things. Ten years go by. And then there's a divorce. No one gives a shit what you guys shook hands over at the dining <laughs> room table. That's that's not the yeah. law. Mm -hmm. Got you. I love the way you put things. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, real quick, let me get to some comments. Uh, Raphael says, thanks, Rudy. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, uh, Rudy. <laughs> uh, Daniel uh, just started following, interested in what you have to teach of life, man, life advice. And Natalie, in my opinion, second uh i'm opinion two singles should prenup but with kids it should be 50 50 i guess only because caring for a child is a lifelong effort oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um i had a question come in uh specifically uh to the video that came that we posted the podcast last week and i want to get to that real quick um so this is from uh nick wright uh let's see i think we answered this already but let me see last time uh, she said something to the effect of you can cheat and still get alimony because there's no punishment or bad behavior and no fault. How is that not punishable punishment in the individual stuck paying for the cheater? I think we answered that question already. So I'm going to skip that. Yeah. And the other one is uh, an actual message from me. He says, hello, sir. I've seen your video about the 50, 50 custody with the child and I'm going through a court battle at the moment. 
And I was curious if the opposing parent isn't willing to work with a schedule or anything, what can I do to receive time with my child? I've tried to go to court and the person keeps evading court and running when I'm notified uh, of the location of the child. So those are just sad, sad, sad cases. And I see that Um, if there is an agreement um, that is stamped by the court, that is now a court order. Um, or if the court, you know, is the one making the final decision, that's a court order. It's a final judgment. All of these types of orders or judgments should be and have to be complied by each parent. Non-compliance, withholding the kids, not letting the other parent have their FaceTime call or just, you know, running off with it, whatever it is, that's non-compliance. That could be seen as contempt. Um, Ooh, okay. and you know, one of the big areas that I handle is filing after the divorce is filed, or I'm sorry, after the divorce is finalized, and you have a parenting plan in place that says this is what it's supposed to be. You've got parents that are not complying, right? There's bad behavior. And so we file post-judgment after the fact, right? Motions to enforce it or for contempt, because you have to ask the court to hold this parent accountable. And there should be even if it's a slap on the wrist, you know, paying attorney's fees or having the court um, order a parent to give the other parent makeup timeshare um, or take a parenting course or, you know, ultimately, if it's bad enough, then you want to maybe see a modification of the timeshare arrangement. Parents should not be screwing around with what is a court order in terms of this is how the parenting should go. Mm-hmm. If they're running and they're evading, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. And <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because I had uh, uh, one of my female followers is going through a divorce and they're trying to serve her husband. But, hey, this is this is what's going to happen. He's avoiding to sign. He's not accepting the delivery from the, the I guess, the uh, the service or whatever the person is. He's not yeah. signing. He's disappearing. Yeah. And she goes, what do I do? I'm like hire a bounty hunter i don't know let me ask an attorney i don't know so what happens when that happens i'm sure that probably happens more um yeah and so we usually have like an idea if um you know there's going to be a problem trying to get someone served because that is the first step i mean besides the first step (laughs) being hire your lawyer get the documents filed with the court then you got to serve them because if they're not served this it's just going to be in limbo status it's never forward and there is a you know again depending on your state there are certain time frames that you have to get the service accomplished um if there is um trouble with serving um there are other things you can do like service by publication like we put it in legal newspapers i always say hire a private investigator so everyone's on social media i mean like people Mm -hmm. are usually pretty like um here i am you know i'm over here um but yes, you have to get them served. Um, there's a whole process to that. That could be a whole other show in its own. But <laughs> you got to get the service accomplished. Um, and for that, yeah, you need to just talk to your lawyer and and maybe get a, a an investigator on on the or just like a really good friend who's like really good at like cracking shit on social media. Yeah, a hacker or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any woman is like a detective on social media. Just hire your best friend, and you'll find somebody fast or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I know. Uh, that's another, <laughs> that's another another topic there, but it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've got you know stories you know that you can tell all night, but it's amazing how when you know these are bad moments. I mean, divorce is not um, 
it's not a, an easy situation. Like as we mentioned, it's a horrible situation. It's really tough to get through. Uh, I don't know if I tell you this. I got shingles going through mine because I had so much going at 36. I mean, 37. That's I had shingles. Like what? I was yeah. just going through so much stress and pain and depression. That's mm -hmm. why I started have to, having to meditate and yeah. I started having to go to therapy. But I got through it, right? But it's a horrible event to go through. But it's funny how when this starts to occur, how the behavior of some of these people become so erratic, like trying to disappear and not accepting a, yeah. the papers. or it, It's pretty ridiculous how people behave yeah. sometimes. I mean, I, I see people, um, and this is not funny, but like, you know, if there's a spouse, I hate to say it, but it's usually the husband that maybe is the, the income earner and the wife is the stay-at-home mom. And then, you know, he finds out about something he doesn't like, or he's just being a son of a bitch, or the wife decides to file. Now he's cutting her off, right? So like, He's cutting her off the credit cards, not giving her the money that anymore, taking her off the cell phone plan, cutting off insurances. That's such shitty behavior. And I mean, it, there's things you can do in the court system to to try to you know fight against that, but to prevent it's really hard. So I mean, you we I said this in the last show, divorce and family law. We see a lot of good people at their worst, just acting bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because it really does bring out um, so much emotion, whether it's about the kids. I mean, money, money gets people going and that's, that's a big part of it. So um, you just, you do see just very normal, good people, like on a good, on a regular day, maybe they're like a good person, but now they're in this, yeah. this divorce space and they're a son of a bitch. Um, that's why I have a job, I guess. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. I mean, divorce is always going to be like, I guess, an absolute. Uh, and it's uh, again, Taryn, thank you for taking the time. We're done already. Well, we don't have to. Are you good on time? We can hang out some more. I mean, I'm good. You're good. Okay. Well, let's hang out for a little bit more. All right. Let's do this. All right. Um, usually my, my podcasts go for an hour, but we can extend it for this special live this event a here. Special, a special edition. It is. Thank you. And, and okay. I feel honored that you. Good. What's that? I just, I just jinxed it. I said, the kids are being so good. They're letting me just keep going here. Okay. All right. Well, we can continue that. I can ask you a, a, a non-lawyer question, but it, it's tied to your, your field because I love movies and shows. What is the most accurate portrayal of a, a lawyer show that you, you've seen? Oh, <laughs> Which one's bullshit? Good <laughs> uh, <laughs> question. I don't even know if I have a good answer for this. Uh-huh. Um, the most accurate representation of in a, in a legal setting. Yeah, like what's like the best lawyer show? Like, oh, oh my god, god, I got it down. Those because they're all bad. I just are they? <laughs> I feel like the doctor watching like a you know like a whatever Boston mm -hmm. ER or whatever. But ER. <laughs> like they're just like that would never happen. That doesn't happen. Uh -huh. Um, I don't know. My God, I'll have to come back to you on that. I, okay. My favorite legal movie is My Cousin Vinny. Just ridiculous. Well, that's a great one. That's ridiculous, but it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'll have to think about what's the most accurate. I don't know if I have an answer for that one. I think my favorite is a uh, few good men. I love that one. That's a good yeah, one. It's like what you see, like, like the drama of it all is especially in family. It's, you know, people have to understand too. We're not in front of a jury, right? There's no jury in a family court. It's just a judge. So the the theatrics, the drama, the showboating, right? It's if you're doing that in a family trial with just a judge, most of us are gonna look at you like you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Okay. I'm like, just what are you doing? There's no jury. Just shut, sit down. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a way to be effective mm -hmm. um, and, and aggressive and, and to get the, the point across and to get your job done. But the, those theatrics that we see in, cause all the, all the movies and the shows, it's always a jury, right? Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as fun if it's just a judge listening. Right, right. It's it's more cinematic when they have a jury to so get all the reactions of you yeah. know, the testimony and delivering yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know what was like, I feel like a scene that always gets me is Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I've, you know what? I've only seen it twice and I haven't okay. seen it like in 20 years. What part? You know, the part when they, um, they're getting divorced and Robin Williams is like sitting by himself without a lawyer. No, I think, does he have a lawyer in that movie? But Sally Field's character, she has a lawyer, and they're basically granting all temporary um, timeshare custody to the mom, and dad has to have, like, very restricted timeshare with the kids or custody with the kids, and then it gets worse because when he gets caught being, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, they think he's, uh -huh. like, lost his marbles, so now they're, like, sitting in the courtroom, and the judge is basically, like, you're you're a mental case, and you're going to have supervised custody. Mm -hmm. It's a whole mess. That always gets me, because that is is kind of accurate. Like, you have this these two people just sitting at these tables. It, there's no theatrics. There's no jury, and, and if you're in front of a judge like that, you really are just kind of, like, waiting for this, like, stranger up there on the bench like waiting to just like tell you how it's going to be and sometimes it's so heart-wrenching mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i haven't thought about miss dalfire in over 20 years <laughs> you're gonna go watch it now aren't well, you well i am but i'm thinking you know it's funny when you see movies when you're younger and oh it's funny but then you see it as an adult it doesn't make any sense like yeah it's a grown man who dressed as a older woman yeah. and, and you know what's crazy in that movie is like he was just doing it to be with his kids more and be a dad, right? And see them. And then they thought he was like total Looney Tunes because why was he, you know, cross-dressing? That's a whole other topic. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but that yeah. is kind of like accurate in, in terms of family court. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to see that movie again. It was really good. Uh, here's a question Dan has been asking like, hey, uh, can you address my question? I'm sorry, Dan. I didn't see it until right now. Uh, he asked, uh, my question is, uh is child child pretty much currently about 70 percent of the time uh, i'm gonna read that again maybe i read that wrong my question is child pretty much currently about 70 percent of the time i guess he sees them 70 70 percent of the time she's the cheater okay she's been more stable with living uh i've been more stable with living uh she's been evicted from a whole car repo she's staying with the guy yeah and his question is should he get alimony? Oh. Um, should I get alimony? Well, alimony is based in Florida. Alimony is based on someone's. So in your in your question, it would be based on your financial need. The kid lives with him 70% of the time. I'm sorry. She's unstable wow. in the living arrangement. Okay, okay now I understand it. So al okay, so alimony and child support are two very different things, right? Alimony is spousal support. It's just for the spouse. It has nothing to do with children. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you're entitled to alimony in that scenario, because I didn't hear enough about what your financial situation is yeah. versus hers. She's definitely, if she's getting her car repoed and she's evicted, she's not paying you alimony because she doesn't have it to give. It's going to be based on your need and her ability. But I think maybe your question is child support, right? So child support 
would be if the child is living with you more of the time in your in your case i think you said it's 70 percent um child support unlike alimony is a formula so you can go to any lawyer in florida and we all kind of have like you know one two or three different softwares that we use and we plug it in there's even an online calculator there it is i, I get child support mm -hmm. um there's a chance you would get child support but child support is um, a formula that's based on your income, Dan, and then mom's income. And one of the other big factors in that formula is the amount of overnights that you have with the child. So if she's making, yeah, okay. So now that I have more of those facts, right? If she's making like about 100,000 a year, you're making 40 and you have the child 70% of the time. I don't know what the number is going to be, but I can tell you, yes, there should be child yeah. support paid from her to you. And that's a scenario where dad's getting child support. Mm -hmm. and, and, that, and that situation makes total sense. And uh, Dan, I, again, with the comments, I don't know if your divorce is final uh, now or you're going through it. But if it's final, why wasn't this kind of looked on yeah. looked upon before? Which that's question. a good um, point to make that child support is always modifiable. So even if he's already divorced and he finds out, let's say that she's making a hundred thousand a year or something happened with his income where, you know, he's not making as much through no fault of his own. You can always go back to the court and say, Hey, I want to get more child support or I want to have, you know, I want to pay less child support. There's a change in circumstances. Yeah. Child support is not final, right? You can mm -hmm. always go back in and try to modify it. Gotcha. Um, and he's going through it right now. So I hope yeah. that information helps Dan. And again, thank you for yeah. answering that. And there's an online calculator you can use. It's not the most accurate, but you can kind of play around with it too and see, you know, put in the variable information and it'll kind of tell you what child support might look like. Okay. And you know what, that brings up a great uh, conversation because uh, there's always those men and who say, I paid child support, but she's getting her nails did and she's getting, you know, a perm or whatever the hell they do nowadays. And, you know, <laughs> Going to getting her BBL. <laughs> I don't know. BBL, maybe. BBL. Yeah, they're, they're spending money on themselves versus, you know, buying their kids some Lunchables yeah. and, you know, buying their kids some clothes and shoes. So, and and I know this conversation's come up. Men are always asking, like, well, why can't, if I'm paying it, mm -hmm. why can't I get an itemized list of what she's spending on it to confirm it's going to the kid? Like, why can't I give them, like, a debit card and it, yeah. it's only approved for <laughs> like WIC or something like that. It's only approved for kid transactions. So we, yeah, we talked about this on the last show. Um, and I was saying that it's, you're not going to get an accounting that way. It, it's going to, it's going to create so much litigation and the courts don't want to deal with, you know, figuring out, you know, what are we actually spending the money on? That's one, that's one argument. The other argument is child support is meant to be not just like, you know, you're going to buy Johnny's shoes and, you know, pay for his school lunches with this money, right? It's mm -hmm. it's meant to keep a roof over his head. It's meant to keep the lights on, keep the water on. Um, so it's going to be really hard to start distinguishing and accounting for, you know, is mom using it for her rent or is she going, you know, down the street and getting her nails done or whatever. And I, I do think, and I, I've seen that there are some women that they're just waiting for payday, right? They're just waiting for their child support check. Um, maybe they're playing around on OnlyFans and not really making a living and they're just waiting for their child support check and that's how they live. Mm -hmm. That exists. 
that's not okay. Go get a job. Okay. Um, but we're, we're not, I don't think we're ever going to see a, a, a scenario. Maybe, maybe there's other States unbeknownst to me, but I don't think we're ever going to see a scenario where we have to do like an accounting to prove how the child support's being used. That's what, that probably would never happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a lawyer's worst nightmare for sure. Um, dealing with that um, and the courts, but mm -hmm. I can yeah. imagine the paperwork on that alone is like, oh my god, you'd have yeah. to hire like a team to go look at, look that up and research it. We need a forensic accountant in every one of those cases. Oh my god! I mean, when we when we talked about this last, we said like maybe the only way it could actually work is if it was like a debit card, like a like a food stamp card. Yeah, that's what, yeah, like but where you like, saw or whatever. Yeah, money, the money goes onto the card and then you're, I just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a, a off the wall question? Okay. With, with, with divorce, like that's your profession. You see it every day, all day, and you've been doing it for 17 years and you were married once. Do you ever think about maybe possibly getting married again one day, seeing all this? Yeah. I get asked this a lot. Um, I you, know, you see everything at the worst, like, oh, I'm never going to do it. But, you know, maybe, maybe there's, there's something wrong with me, but I would get married again. Um, okay. I I just I personally believe in the institution of marriage. Um, mm -hmm. My parents have been married for 45 years. Um, I just I, I personally believe in it. Um, I think I got married. I wasn't really young, but I met him young. And I just know that. I was a completely different version of myself then that I am now. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I definitely would um, think that you know, the second time around, maybe you do things smarter and wiser and, and better. Um, but I do see a lot. I just think that um, a lot of it has to do with the type of, you know, the, the partner that you're choosing mm -hmm. um, and the reasons that you're choosing that partner. So um I'm very picky now. <laughs> and you have every right to be uh, as, as I, as I was, because again, going through, going through divorce, I went through a few years saying never, ever, ever, ever again. You know, I've been there, done that, you know, 16 years I'm done. Uh -huh. And uh, it's funny how first off, never say never. You never want to do that. My um, ex always said he would never get married again. This guy's engaged. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. How long ago was your divorce? Like, was it 10 years ago, five years ago? Uh, it's, this will be seven years. This year will be seven years. Since the and, divorce, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I hear that a lot. You know, just like you were saying, like, I, you know, I would never do it again. You know, it's it's too emotional. It's too hard. Um, but then you meet somebody and, and you get older and you get wiser. And But I yeah. think a lot of it has to do with the reasons that you're choosing this partner um, hopefully, hopefully it'll stick. Hopefully it'll stick. Right. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, I said never. And then you meet somebody, like you said, and they're like completely opposite of what you've ever known. And like, wow, there's yeah. actually people, good women in my case that actually exist. Oh my God. And then you yeah, kind of let those, uh, those walls down over the years. But I think with me and my love, which again, we're engaged. Um, I got to know her. Like we were together three and a half years before, you know, marriage ever even came up. I, she saw me at my worst. I know who she is as a person. I know everything about her. So I think it was really smart for me to be patient with that, you know, yeah. 
with knowing, getting to know someone before jumping into it. Older now, like and I'm older. Yeah, yeah, you're older. So much like you're just in a different place in your life, right? Like you, you're probably more confident about who you are and what you yeah. want, what you don't want, um, than than the guy that got married, you know, previously. Yeah, yeah, and that's one thing um, that not only her, but anybody I dated, they were always, uh, they respected that I was upfront and I know what I want. I know what I don't like, and I know what I want. Mm -hmm. And I was very unfriendly with her and she's vice versa with me. And it's clear every, we've talked about everything, uh, from sex, finances, mm -hmm. everything. It's clear, cut and dry what we both want. And it's cool that you can be upfront and honest with somebody because there's no, God, what if this doesn't work out? There's no, there's no doubts in back of my mind because we've been so upfront and honest with each yeah. other. I did read a statistic. <laughs> that second marriages are more likely to end up in divorce than even the first. Which oh is yeah. So Oops. Sad to me, but I'm still, I'm still a believer. You know, everybody that I know personally that is in their second marriage, they're the happiest couple ever. But see, I hear that too. So that's why when I read that, I was actually really surprised by that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think when you're older and you do it, I made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. See, I think a lot of people do it too young. Um, I know when I was getting married um, or when I was dating my my ex, I was I was 25 when I met him. He was 22. Mm -hmm. And oh. I remember thinking like with every year that was passing by, I was like, oh my God, I'm getting closer to 30. I got to get married. I got to have a baby. Like, it's just like this like, pressure societal, like pressure or this intern and i had no pressure from my family i don't know where this pressure came from it just was like this thing that i had to do by a certain age and i know a lot of my girlfriends in that same um in that same time of our lives we were just feel both all feeling that and that that's a recipe for disaster because you're just feeling like it's something you have to do and like you're like okay i met somebody that you know i love them and like all right it's probably good enough mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. but then <laughs> you grow and then you like you add like career and money and kids and all this shit all this stuff from life and um and people are um people are i mean when i was reading up on it just like a lack of commitment now right and, i mean in social yeah. media and everything that's on like out there it just makes it that much easier like everyone's getting dms and there's like you know just people everywhere and gorgeous people and like the temptation of um, so I think like the lack of commitment and loyalty. So, but that's what I'm saying. When you're older, you're just, you're doing it in a way that hopefully you're, you're, you're picking up on those red flags we talked about and not yeah. collecting the red flags, but yeah, <laughs> well, you bring, up, you bring up a good point. Uh, do you, do you think social media has uh, ruined relationships and marriages? Yeah. Yeah, you for think sure. You? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's articles, I know that there's articles about that. And um, just, I think it's not only just the the concept of like people being um, able to see other people on social media or like the 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 way that we can communicate with everybody so um, secretively too, right? Mm -hmm. But everyone's on their phone all the time. Yeah. So like, there's like this lack of presence. Um, and so if I'm like sitting on the couch with my boyfriend or my husband or whoever, and it's like, we should be engaging and everyone's, everyone's like this. On the sofa on their like, phone. Yeah. Sharing TikToks. Knows who he's talking to on his phone, right? Like he's over yeah. on one side and I'm on the other side. And there's, like I said, like Instagram, you know, DMs and Facebook and TikTok. There's a way to communicate with like the whole world. 
And I was just, oh, it was yours. I was watching, somebody was talking about, no, it wasn't yours. I was watching somebody, I can't remember, about like, if you see um, like a good looking person on your feed, right? Right. But like if you're married or you're in a committed relationship, just don't, don't double tap it and like it. Just don't because mm-hmm. it probably is not going to make your significant other feel good that you're going through your feed and like double tapping and commenting on all the hot girls or the hot guys. Right. And we were, they were talking about like, it's so easy um, and, and it costs you nothing to just like not, not double tap or not make that comment. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the world where, where, where everything is so right there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for sure, social media has screwed things up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think so too. There's so many things I want to touch on that you mentioned. Like uh, I remember when I first started dating, I met this woman, right? And uh, she told me at the very first date, like, she goes, you know what? I got to give you something. You're pretty special. I want to tell you that. I'm like, why? She goes, you're the first guy I've ever stalked on his profile and saw who he followed and you followed no booty hosts. Yes. Women. I'm like, what? Is that a thing? You check my, my stuff? Like, why do you do that? And she goes, it's a thing we do. And I, this is like, again, I, for those for reference, I didn't date. I got married in 99. I got divorced in 2016. So I was new to dating. And when a woman told me that, I'm like, you guys check? That's, like, well, that's her thing now because yeah. it's, it says a lot about, and I th- it goes the other way too, right? Yeah. Like if I never check. I got wants to check and see who is his girl following. And yeah. it's a bunch of like shirtless, you know, gym rat guys or, you know, Italian <laughs> guys, whatever. Yeah. It, it says a lot about, I think, the person that you're, that you're dealing with if mm-hmm. it's just, you know, all kinds yes. of booty and topless or the OnlyFans girls or, you know, why are you yeah. following? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I totally get that. Um, and like, in my point, like what I love about my relationship now is like, I've never checked hers. She's never checked, checked mine. She knows I network with many people, a lot of women, a lot of men, and uh, there's never any jealousy. There's nothing like that. Cause she trusts me. And plus I'm not a dumbass. Yeah. We yeah. live in the age of a screenshot, you know, what I'm not going to be an idiot and, you know, Hey, send me a pic and all that. No, no, that'd be stupid. And plus I wouldn't do that to her, but it's amazing how social media has ruined things. And let me tell you a quick story because I actually interviewed a couple, a couple weeks back. They've been married 20 years. And the reason I interviewed them is because they are happily married. This is the first couple I've ever seen in real life that loves each other. And they yeah. just adore one another. And they've been married 22 years, as a matter of fact. And I go, what's the secret? Tell me how, why is it so different from what I see? They told me this whole window story and that episode will be up in a couple of weeks. But he told me that uh, they met at 19. They're like 19, 20 when they first met. And uh, that's how they hit it off. And I go, well, let me hit a time out there because what a lot of young men are telling me because social media and if a woman's beautiful and and, and she doesn't necessarily even have to post sexy photos. She just posts photos of herself. There's going to be guys in her DMs. Yeah. And I go, the sad thing is, I told this guy, the sad thing is you probably wouldn't have gotten together today because your wife's beautiful. And if you had social media accounts when you were 19, she probably would have had an, an other options to consider yeah. and mm-hmm. not just not distract her from you, her true love. And mm-hmm. that's kind of heartbreaking now that I kind of like understand that perspective from what he, how they met and what young men are going through now. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because options, I'll be, I'll oh, be myself. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was hooked on options. You know, I was trying to find the littlest red flag just to go to the next one. 
and the, the curiosity of like, oh, maybe what's that? So what else? What else is yeah, there? What else is out there? Because you know, I dated like a madman. So um, that idea or the idea of what else, it, yeah. it can be dangerous. Agreed. Yeah, there's way too many options. Way too many. <laughs> yeah, but when you got a good person, you know, all those options don't mean jack. I mean, yeah. if you fight, if you have somebody you love and respect, you know, you're not letting them go for just yeah. somebody who's a. He looks nice in a bikini or something like that. Yeah. And if you don't believe in marriage, you don't have to get married. Yeah. And you know what? I truthfully, I truthfully believe this. Not everybody's cut out for marriage. Yeah. I truthfully I believe that. that. There, there's, there are people, I dated somebody that just was like, I don't believe in it. It's just a piece of paper, you know? And I tried to like kind of convince myself that I could get on that train, but, and maybe I could because I've already done like the marriage and the kids thing, but I don't know. I, it's something I just believe in, right? Like I, it would be something that I would like to, to eventually have again. So for me, it would be hard to kind of like, you know, settle on, well, we could just be together and not have the paper. I want the paper. Some people want it, but you got to just be smart about it. Cause yeah, as you mentioned earlier, <laughs> yeah. well, let me ask you this. What does the paper do for you? <laughs> <laughs> I, Honest question. For me, it's like, I want to find the person that I am not afraid to do anything and everything to, to, to show the commitment. Like, and I want that in return. Okay. So it's like, well, I love you so much, but I'm going to stop right here before the paper. It's like, well, fuck you. I love the paper. <laughs> Why don't you love me enough to give me the paper? Sign it, damn it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I see it both ways. I understand the argument that it is just, it is just paper. It's a, you know, that some people really don't believe in the institution of marriage and that it's just, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's yeah. a money making, you know, political, what, I don't know, whatever the argument it is. I don't know. But yeah. I, I personally just, but I'm not going to settle. No one should settle, right? Mm -hmm. Like to have it, but that's something that I think you learn as you get older. Mm-hmm. You you kind of prioritize. I mean, what you thought was important isn't, and it, what matters is like a few yeah. small things. Like like I've said before, peace is what matters to me, and yeah. disrespect, mm -hmm. and um, just uh, an unconditional type of love that yeah. is very rare. And mm -hmm. like now that I have that shit, I'm not gonna let that go. Yeah. You know what's funny though? I've, I'm I'm yeah. very vocal about my relationship. Look at the girl, you know, on on Instagram. That what was that? You're not going to screw it up just be, you know, to t double tap some girl on Instagram. Oh, no, no. I mean, no. I, I actually, I've never done that. I've never done that. I've never, I, they're there sometimes. They pop up, but I, I never, yeah, I never double tap. No, like that. What was I saying? Um, I had a point. I lost it. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so we're older and wiser. <laughs> yes, older and wiser. And we know what's important. And uh, everything else is just noise and peace and just, uh, a solid foundation of families, all that matters. And yeah. uh, I, I wish everybody find, finds that because again, marriage, there's a lot of young men, this younger generation, again, uh, I don't know where they're getting this from, probably social media and all these viral mm -hmm. videos, but a lot of young men are giving up on the institution. No, the hell with women, I'm not, give, I'm not dating. There's the MGTOW movement of guys just going about on their own and just forgetting about women. Okay. I can't do that. I can't, good luck to you guys. I can't do that. Uh, but they're giving up on the institute of marriage, you know, be single, all these things. And, it's just they're entitled, to, they're entitled to that if they really believe that you know that argument and and they don't want to date they don't want to you know okay yeah i mean 
go misery, but misery loves company. Don't, I mean, don't let, if your dating life is not with theirs, let them go. Like angry, negative way of living. I I think. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, I truthfully believe that, you know, the energy you put out is what you can perceive. And I'm not even a spiritual guy or believing mm-hmm. karma. I actually, I do believe in karma because it bit me in the ass, but I, the energy you put out there is what you get in return. Mm-hmm. And if you just see women as just as vindictive lying, yeah, what they call them 304s, whatever the hell they call them, all these young idiots. I mean, it's like, a, no, don't do that, man. Because again, that's all you're going to get. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, you still good on time? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I, can them, I can hear them walking around up there, but yeah, let's get okay. We got uh, maybe another few more minutes. My mouth is like dry, I'm like dying of thirst. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benjamin, oh, we, Benjamin, uh, this is the guy who got um married too young in the military. Uh, even after I realized my mistake, I was still in it to win it, and when she left. I was trauma absolutely bonded. devastated and trauma bonded to her. I was a miserable mess and codependent to her and for my happiness. For the longest time, she was a determinant for my life. Uh, the biggest thing is giving, my biggest thing is giving how dangerous marriage is for men nowadays. Mm-hmm. It will take a lot for me to want to seek it nowadays. I totally understand that. That's, you're saying that yeah. now. We all say that. Well, he's saying he went through, he had some abuse, physical, emotional, mental. That's a real thing. I mean, oh God, man. Yeah. I, I have, I have clients. I'm thinking of one specifically right now that he has suffered abuse by, by the woman. It does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's some very manipulative, um, narcissistic, I, I, I kind of roll my eyes at that word because everybody throws out everybody the word is a narcissist it's like yeah. a big thing right now. Um, but it does happen. So I believe you when you say like you, you had some abuse um, and then that's hard to, to grapple with when it's coming to an end. Cause there is the trauma bonds. I'm not a therapist, but I've obviously I've seen a lot. Um, and I was just reading too. There's, there's a lot of articles on how women are, um, they're able to get out of it emotionally um, more so than, than men. They're, the men are the, having the harder time with it emotionally. Do you believe that? I think, uh, I I think, think everyone's different. I think it just depends. Yeah. I, I, mean, I hate to say that answer because it's such a cop out, I know. But no. I do see, um, I see men that in my profession that really have a hard time with it. Um, and women that are just, you know, they're the ones that want out. I think it just depends on who wants out. But um, even if you want out, it could still be very emotional because it's like you said in the very beginning of the show, like it's it's like a death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And um, yeah, man, if you haven't done so uh, already, you know, seek out counseling, yeah, therapy, especially with all those uh, items you mentioned, emotional and physical abuse. Yeah. That's that's something you can't fix on your own. Right. But I understand you know. why then he's like hesitant and oh, yeah. to make himself vulnerable again in another relationship and get attached. That's to okay. I feel like a lot of us have experienced that, right? Like when you're, you're attached and then there's heartache or there's, there's trauma, mm-hmm. then it's like, you know, the fear of having, you know, reliving that with somebody else in a different situation. Yeah. We've all been there. Um, I've always looked upon it as like, okay, this was bad, but what can I learn from it? Every situation, no matter how bad it is, I can walk away with something. I uh, walk away with something positive. Mm-hmm. I can learn something from this situation. So 
but you can't let these situations keep you down, man. Because again, uh, I know a lot of us tend to stay in that, that pool of just misery and depression and just, we like that space. It's safe. You know, we avoid people. So hence we can't get hurt again, but that's no way to live, man. Yeah. You, uh, you got to put yourself out there and heal from it first, of course, but you can't just be in that silo all by yourself. And that's not, that's no way to live to, to go with the mindset of like, you know, the hell with women, the hell with marriage. Mm-hmm. It may not be for you right now. And that's fine. What you're feeling is normal, but don't go with the bitterness of, of just hating women or hating yeah the life and maybe taking a chance. Cause that's not a way to live. Mm-hmm. Can't do that, man. Can't do that. So, uh, Benjamin, I wish you the best man on that piece. Um, he's been going to counseling. He says, uh, I've been going to good. Almost and there are, I mean, it, it does happen. There are other guys that go through that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, counseling. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Um, it's sad when it comes to physical abuse that no one believes men. Um, True story here. I have a, I had a friend of mine. He's now divorced from his psycho wife. And I can say that because I know she was. But she, he was a police officer here in San Antonio. And uh, she was just incredibly jealous of him. And mm-hmm. uh, one of his buddies said, put cameras in your house, dude, just in case. So he bought all these cameras and he didn't tell her, right? This one day, she's just yelling at him. He went to pick up his daughter and she's just yelling at him. And she's pushing him, pushing him. And he goes, stop touching me. Uh, and the daughter's watching. He goes, what are you going to do? No one's going to fucking believe you. You know, you're a man. And he was, she was just attacking him, like scratching him, and he pushed her. And she threw herself like a wrestler back and started scratching her face and pulling her hair and went back at him with the hair in her hand and started putting it on his person. Mm-hmm. And it she happens. goes, I'm calling the police. So the police come, they handcuff him. And he's like, she's telling him a story that he attacked me. He's a crazy man, blah, blah, blah. He's like, sir, I have video. Watch. They played it, and now she was arrested. But the, the thing about it, the thing is, what scares me is if my friend didn't do that, if there wasn't a video, right? Yeah, he would have lost his badge. Mm-hmm. He would have uh, probably, probably lost his job. And then he would have just been ruined because of a lie. Mm-hmm. And it it's happens. and again, it, he was with her for many years and he didn't he was very ashamed to talk I'm about not it. Dealing with a case like that where he, he's he's been abused. Yeah. By her. It's very similar to that scenario. Like she would like, you know, instigate and she was the aggressor and she was attacking. And it's kind of like, you know, what is he supposed to do? He's, he's the guy, he's bigger, right? He's the yeah. one going to go to jail, but he's got to like defend himself. Um, these are tough. Yeah. That's scary, man. Uh, but uh, real quick, before we end it, I do have a question because you're in Florida, right? And you're, uh, I don't know what city you're in. I think uh, I'm in Palm beach. So Palm like, beach. like an hour North of Miami. So South Florida. What's a dating scene like in Miami? <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction says it everything. <laughs> I hear stories, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you've been an observant of that life. So what is it like down there? Is it as bad as they say? It's pretty rough. Um, there's <laughs> this like kind of common um, theme in South Florida. that There's a lot of like douchebags. Sorry, mom and dad for the bad language on the show today. <laughs> Douchebag is not a password. Um, anything else, but <laughs> um, you know, phony people and and girls, girl, women get a bad rap too. Like you know, a lot of a, the gold diggers, or they're just there's phony. Um, I, I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine today. Actually, um, she had one bad date and she just didn't want to like see the guy again. He he sent her like a bullet point of all the things he didn't like about her. Like just people are what. <laughs> One date, guy. Like, move on. <laughs> um, 
That is hilarious. I don't oh, know. Wait. It's. They it's went on one date, and he sends her bullet points on what yeah. he didn't like yeah. about her. Yeah. Can um, I ask what were they? <laughs> at the top of his list was she was phony. And I'm like, well, how do you even know somebody after one date? How do you yeah. know if someone's like genuine or or not? But okay. It's rough. Um, sometimes I wish I was like in the in the Midwest dating. Maybe it would be better there. But possibly. Possibly. Um, I think I think it's just bad overall because of what we were talking about. There's just a lot of options. And if you're mm -hmm. like in the dating scene and you're you know, um, I mean, how do you meet people, right? Everyone's on, <laughs> he's crazy in Orlando. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people are just, you know, going to the apps now, the dating apps. That's like kind of the, the world we're in. Um, mm -hmm. And that's like playing a video game, right? Just. Yep. Yeah. I I found it like, again, I, I didn't start dating until 2016. So I was, it's funny because when you're married, you have these thoughts like, hey, I wonder what my worth would be on an app. Like, what kind of women would I get? So there's this curiosity when you're married, but then when you go on an app and you're yeah. single. Again, uh, back in my day, you know, you walked up to women in the 90s, yeah. you courted yeah. them. It took time to get a date and go out with them. Mm -hmm. And I found it incredibly, um, I guess I want to use the word lazy, how I can just post some pictures, make some funny comments in my bio, and I'm meeting women like it's an Amazon hey, you're product. six foot tall and really you're five. Oh, no, I would never lie because why would you lie if you're going to meet them? That's just like a that's dumb. I mean, I'm, I was pretty honest with everything I said. Anyone who lies, that, that trips me out. But anyway, I just find it pretty lazy. Like, wow, I can meet women yeah. on a phone. It's pretty insane. And it put minimal effort. Well, then you've got like the catfishing issue. Like, yes, and a lot of guys complain that girls, women are using like too much filter or they're just using holes, right? So then they yeah. meet them in person and they're like an Oompa Loompa. That's happened to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, the, um, like I learned about angles, like you just said, and they only have like the pictures of their faces like this or like it's their face and cleavage, but yeah. nothing else is like, okay, where's the body pic? And that's happened to me a couple of times. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Trust it's rough out there, there huh? Trust yeah. Uh, I have a few friends who are also in Miami and they tell me just, it's like everyone, like you said, it's cocky, uh, but everyone's also good looking. Everyone is really. I mean, there's gorgeous people in South Florida. Um, mm -hmm. You know, depends on what you like, but there's a lot of um, overdone, like made up, you know, um, the BBLs and the, you know, all of it. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then you've, especially down here, I feel like everyone's trying to keep up with everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that does make sense. That does make sense. I, I've actually had a lot of husbands reach out to me and tell me that they didn't like they don't like their wives BBL. They, mm -hmm. they, they just don't like it. And again, I've never dated one with BBLs. I don't know how that is. But I had a lot of husbands reach out to me and say, what do I do? And she was fine before she got one. And she looks great in clothes, Rudy. Yeah. But naked. It's weird. It yeah. like moves. It's like, it's like the it's like the trend right now. Right. It's yeah that's all on social media and celebrities. And it's, it's, again, I think it's about like keeping up with a look. But they can just be like, you can go to the gym and just get it normally. I mean, you can go to the gym and get it organically. I mean, I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. You can work for it too. I yeah. mean, you may not be like as, as perfect as you want. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's hard work. And as you get older, it's just that much harder, but. Oh, for Yeah. My workout routine that I had all my life worked fine until I turned 42 and then something happened 
where it's not working anymore. I have to switch <laughs> it up. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> Wait, how old are you? I'm 46. Okay. I'm 43. So I know. I understand. Something definitely happened in my <laughs> my 40s that was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, but it worked for 20 years. Why isn't it working now? I make it this easy for you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then you're in pain longer. You have to stretch more. It's like, oh, I'm an old man now. I have to drink water and actually warm up and then cool down. If not, I'm going to tear up my meniscus or right. something. I can't play basketball anymore. I can't do that because I'm going to rip my knee. So it's, it's funny how getting old can suck. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. But um, anyway, uh, I'm going to end it now because I do have to go and do something else, but you yes, I do. I know. I'm sorry. I have to go. I'm sorry, but you know, we have to do this again because again, I, 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 I love the conversation and I know I'm going to get tons of questions and uh, we, we definitely gonna have to do this again. Like in a, in a Let's week. Do another follow up. Yes. <laughs> Yes, because I know people are going to be asking questions, and you're amazing. And uh, again, uh, uh, Taryn, thank you so much for your time. Hold when I end the live, stay okay. there for a little bit. Right. And uh, for people that are curious, where can they find you? Um, my website is SinatraLegal.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. I have um, my business is Sinatra Legal, and then personal is Taryn underscore. What is it? <laughs> wait oh yeah taryn underscore 1979 1979 okay 77 over here but 79 okay but everybody uh thank you for joining uh and staying and watching the conversation if you haven't done so already and you're watching this on youtube recorded subscribe hit the notifications button because i'm gonna be doing lives like this at least once a week uh by myself or with a guest like taryn and uh i really do appreciate everyone's time so good night everybody take care thanks Rudy. anytime